0: All right, everybody, <clears throat> I'm going to start right off on this. I want to tell you something's going to happen today. God's goodness is going to run after you. It's going to run after you. He is going to run after you today, but he's actually going to run after the real you. The real you, not the one you fake to be or you pretend to be or try to impress everybody to be. God is actually interested in the real you. And so when we're trying to figure out this series, how do we actually have a healthy heart and have a healthy soul? How can we be spiritually mature and yet emotionally healthy at the same time? In the book that we're actually doing, I'm so grateful to all of you who are doing the study with us so that this truth that we're actually talking about this hour gets down into the depth of your being. So thank you to all of you who are joining our Life Together groups right now who are going through this study. Uh, it's going to benefit you greatly. And and again, if you haven't gotten into one, you can grab the book and you can walk through it. But Pete Cesaro, uh, in this book, he says this. The vast majority of us go to our graves without ever knowing who we are. And as as I've studied this today, that is absolutely true. John Kelvin, for all of you guys who love theology, John Kelvin in the Institutes of Christian Religion, in the air, very introduction said this, our wisdom consists almost entirely. <laughs> We're going tongues now, you guys. You guys ready? <laughs> Who's got the gift of interpretation? All right. The vast majority of, oh, I already did that one. John Kelvin. Our wisdom consists almost entirely of two parts. The knowledge of God and the knowledge of ourselves. So let me, let's just talk about this for a second. Why do we struggle so much to be the real me? David Michael Nelson at my core. You know why we struggle? Because the real us, the true person we are has been rejected and it hurt like hell. And yes, I meant to say that word. Because that's what hell is. Hell is when you're separated from God. Hell is when you're separated from who you are. And all of you know this. When you got rejected for who you were, man, that hurts at your core. And because we live in a culture where the standard for acceptance has been put on you from outside of you. Parents, right from birth, parents have expectations and they put them on you. The schoolyard, unbelievable the wounds. That people have because of what happened on the dumb stupid playground teachers coaches friends friends remember those friends that you had and then all of a sudden you didn't have because you weren't being what they needed you to be and now in our day by the way this doesn't this doesn't quit I'm 55 years old anybody else have people reject you this year right it never ends and now we got cancel culture don't we Man, we're actually getting really good at it. So much to the point where it's, you can look up Wikipedia, and we're trying to. People are teaching this in college courses now. This is why it's so hard to be the real you. And by the point, let me just say this: and we all do this. We all do it. We all create our own cultures. We, we're looking for places where we feel accepted, and then we belong. And now we belong, and then you don't. We all do this, and so you don't fit in. You don't, you don't fit in. If you grew up in a sports culture and you like music, if you grew up in a culture with high standards of cleanliness and order and everything's in its place and you're spontaneous and free and do things last minute and don't mind keeping stuff, I mean, then you don't measure up. If you grew up in a culture where looks are everything and you don't have them the way people say you're supposed to or success, you grew up in a smart culture And you quite couldn't do it. I have someone really close to me who one time came home with report cards with C's on it. And his family and his sister actually said to him, he said, gave the last name of the family, said, we don't get C's. (laughs) And he said, on that day, it broke. And he basically said, you. And his whole life began to tank. He goes, well... If you can't handle me who I am, then I'll find somebody who does. So, man, he went in and started drinking and partying and being That's That's just what we do. The reason it's so hard to be the real you is because the real you has been abused. You've been told you're wrong, you're bad, and you're not enough. And so, what you do when that happens, and every human in this building has done it, and all of you online have done this, we find a false self. I've read other books, they call it the imposter. Some people call it a mask. Oh, see, you all are doing it right now. That was really a bad joke, sorry. But what we do is we put on this person to hide the real you, because if you actually see the real me, I know it happens, you reject it. But you like this person, so you really try really hard, and then some of you are super successful at this. Some of the most successful people in the world Have finally admitted, but I don't know who I am. I'm telling you, man, the real you gets so buried down so deep that you're still looking for him. And so today, I'm going to tell you, man, God loves the real you. And that's the only you he loves. He's not very interested in the person that you're trying to be. He loves the real you, and he's running after you with love and goodness. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to look at what a healthy heart and a healthy soul actually looks like. And it's one that knows who you are. And then I'm going to show you a story. It's a beautiful story. what a life can actually look like when you're free to be you so I'm gonna pray right now because I know this there's not one of us in this room who doesn't need this God ministered to me maybe more than ever in my time I can't remember a time in preparation for a message where God ministered so deeply to myself and I cannot wait to share this with you and I do believe with all of my heart He is running after every one of you, and he wants you to leave this place free. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I am asking for anointing from the Holy Spirit to speak your word, and that your love would break through the hideous things that every one of us has heard and gone through, and all of our self-protection, and all of our fears, and all of our doubts, and all of our bravado, trying to show who we are, God. I just pray in Jesus' name, break it, crush it, destroy it, and shine your light of truth and grace and love into every heart today. And I ask for it in Jesus' name, amen. All right, three different passages. First one's this. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, you'll find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Now, fascinating here, because the word life, when he, when he says forever, whoever wants to save their life, the Greek word here is psyche, and this is where it matters, because the Greeks have different words for life. One is Zoe, which just means your physical life, like life and death. Okay, that's a, that's a completely different word in the Greek. The word psyche, we get, guess what, psychology from, right? Because what psyche means, it means your identity. It means your personality. It means your selfhood. In other words, it's the real you. And so when he's saying you can, you're, you're trying to save your life, he goes, you're trying to save and protect you, the, the uniqueness that is David, Michael Nelson, but then he goes on, he says, but if you try to actually save your life, if you try to say, I'm going to be the one who creates my identity and find the real person, he says, you can even gain the whole world and forfeit your identity, your life, your person. You could, and again, like I said earlier, apparently you could have everything the world offers you and be completely dead inside here because you don't have your life. And so what Jesus says is this, if you choose not to follow me, what you're saying is, I'm trusting myself to find my life. I'm not going to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to save it. And this thing that I've created, this mask I've created, this false personality that I've created, this thing that protects me, this thing that shows me that I'm something, this thing that shows me that I'm worth it, that people will actually say, you're okay and we accept you. And now you're saying, leave that? And he's like, absolutely, if you ever want to find your life. But if you won't follow me, and if you try to save it, then it's up to you. But he says, if you'll deny yourself... If you'll deny that, if you'll actually lose your life, lose your this false self, lose this person, lose this imposter, lose that person, and then give it to me, he goes, and follow me, follow me, right? That's why here at K2 we did a whole series we just got done with doing that because our mission is to invite every one of you and to equip those of us to follow him. Why? Because he says, if you follow me, you're gonna find your life. Jesus is saying, I am the only one who knows the real you. And guys, I just wanna tell you right now, it is union with God where life is found. It is union with God where life is found. Jesus said, this is eternal life. It's not going to heaven. Eternal life, he said, is knowing me. And again, that's not knowing about me. It's not studying me. It's knowing me. It's being in a personal relationship with me. He goes, you gotta be in union with me. And then that's where life is. That's eternal life. That's where you find the real you. You guys, let me say this as clearly as I can. Jesus Christ is the place where your heart and your soul come alive. And there's no other place. You know, the classic. So here's, here's what I want you to go home with today. Your heart, this heart, your heart, needs God's heart. It doesn't need more money. It doesn't need more success. It doesn't need plastic surgery. It doesn't need more friends. Your heart needs God's heart. Bryson said it perfectly. You know why? Because our soul was made for God. The classic Christian phrase is, the glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. Well, man, we don't become fully alive unless it's you, the real you becoming fully alive. But let me just tell you something, man, the battle is on. The battle is on and most of us are losing. And that's why I agree with Pete Cesaro. Most of us are gonna go to our grave and we'll never know who we were. Why? Because if you believe in Jesus, you have to believe in Satan. Because he talks a lot about him. He helps us to know something about him. And here's what we know about Satan. He hates who you are. You do have an enemy, it's not God. And he hates you. He is, I I tell my kids, God is scared of who you are. No, he's not, that's the wrong person. Satan is scared of who you are. He really is. Why? Because if you would surrender your life to Christ and to God, you know what happened? You would get in union with God and you will bring glory into the world. You filled with God, who he created you be, causes God's kingdom to come into the world and he changes the world. And so Satan is like, I can't let you be you. Now here's the deal, he's already lost the war. Jesus Christ has already defeated him, so we know that he can't mess with him, so we know who he messes with? Yo! And he messes with the real you, man, and he's good at it. He wages war against you and he wounds you. He wounds you with lies from your parents, being rejected through brokenness of others, Arrows piercing your heart, saying you're not good enough. No one likes you. And let me just tell you something about Satan. He always wounds you in your area of your strength. I'm going to share my story later today. It is a battle. And I don't win it very enough. And I want to help you win. So what does a healthy heart and healthy soul look like? We're going to look at David here, you guys. David was what? The man after God's own. He went after God's heart. And David's heart received God's heart. And oh my goodness, did he know who he was. Look at this in Psalm 139. We're going to tear this apart real quick. Psalm 139 verse 1 says this. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. See, you guys, I'm just telling you right now. God searches you. He's running after you. He's initiating. He loves you. He cares about you. He's searching you. And he's going not to, again, he's going, take off that mask. Take off all that stuff. I'm going into the real you. And and, and God knows you guys. I'm telling you, he knows the real you. Nobody else does, including you. But David says, you know me, God. And then in verse 13, he goes on, he says, for you created my inmost being. You know what that inmost being is? It's the psyche. That inmost being is your personality and your intellect and your attitudes and your abilities. You guys, in, in Colossians it says, everything was created in him. You know what that means? You were created in the mind of God. You are God's idea, Every one of you is God's idea, and he knit together your inmost being. Verse 14, he goes, I praise you, God, because I am awesomely and wonderfully made. Now, how many of you said that when you looked in the mirror this morning? Most of us have always said fearfully and wonderfully made. So I went to the NASB, which is the closest to the original language, and they put in there awesomely. Because the word for fear means reverence and awe. And I've always said, it's kind of weird that I'm fearfully made, but awesomely made. And then, guys, not only that, that's what that means, but wonderfully? You know what the word wonderfully means? It means to be distinct, marked out, separated, and distinguished. So what he's saying is, David is going, God, You, what an awesome thing you did when you made me, and you made me wonderful. You made me distinct and separate and distinguished from everybody else. I am your unique idea. And then he goes on, he says, your works are wonderful. My soul knows that full well. Come on, man. How many of your souls look at yourself in the mirror and you go, awesome, wonderful, God, praise, come on, break out the hymns. I'm incredible. You know, and then people will say, you know, because Jesus, you know, the scripture says, love others as you love yourself. And people are like, well, you're not supposed to love yourself, you know, because then you'd be good. No, you're not supposed to be selfish. You're not supposed to be self-centered. You're not supposed to have selfish ambition. But if you don't love yourself, then you don't love what God created. And I'm telling you this, if you don't love what God created, it is super hard to love what he created out here. This is huge. And I love it because he goes, my soul knows this full well. And, and David's like, not, not like, yeah, I think I, you know, I'm okay. No, full well, you know what that word is? Exceedingly, abundantly, you can't contain it. Come on, man. This is somebody who knew who he was. He knew the real David. And when you find out what God has done, when he's created in here, man, you are going to rejoice and you're going to realize I'm awesomely made. I am uniquely, wonderfully made. And a healthy heart and a healthy soul apparently knows that. I love how the message put it. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. (laughs) That's a healthy person. He goes on, verse 16, he goes, you saw, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Here's a healthy soul. You know what David knew? God did not only form and fashion his inner being and his physical body. The word there, ordained, literally means to form and to fashion and to make. So what God is saying, a healthy person Someone who knows who they are in God is someone who knows, not only did he make me, he's made plans for me. He knows the purposes that he has for me. Come on, man. How many of you are trying to find out why in the world you're here? Well, there's someone who knows. And it's the one who created you. And David is like that right there. Not only my psyche, my identity, my person, but the plans. And then Jesus says, hey, guess what? If you'd quit trying to figure it out, if you'd stop doing your own thing, if you'd stop thinking that you know more than I do, if you would start trusting and believing that I am your creator, and I made you in a plans and purposes for your life, if you would give me your life, you'll find it. And if you keep trying to do it yourself, you're gonna lose it. He keeps going. Verse 17, where am I? I don't know. Oh, Seriously, where, okay, let's go, let's go here. Verse 17 and 18. How precious are your thoughts concerning me. How vast is the sum of them. Where I'd account them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Oh my gosh. <laughs> seriously? How many of you think, when you think about God, you're like, man, God just can't stop thinking about me. I'm telling you, the only time that's ever happened in my life is when I've been in love. (laughs) The only person, like like Susie, right? Like you're falling in love and you're supposed to be working, you're supposed to be studying, you're supposed to be doing this and you can't think about anything else but her. And you can't help it. And God is thinking so much about us that David says, I can't even count. It's like the sand on the seashore. Oh my goodness. Come on. Is that how you view God towards you? Your heart needs God's heart. And not what other people think about you. And not what other people say about you. And not how they're judging you because you're not this enough and not that enough and not the, oh, just humanity. And then he ends by saying this. And when I wake, I'm still with you. Another version says, You're still with me. You know why? Because in the Hebrew, it's just, we're with. Here's what David knew, his heart was a man after God's heart and God gave David his heart and David gave God his heart and they were like this and every moment, I don't know, I'm sure he had his days, but David knew God and God knew David and Jesus called that eternal life. And I'm going to show you now, as we look at a story, I'm going to show you a story that just tells you what is a healthy heart, a healthy soul look like? What does it look like to actually live when you know who you are? And we're going to David and Goliath. Even if you don't know the Bible very much, you probably heard this story. But let's look at it. First, it's in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Here's David. Verse 28. When Eliab, David's older brother, so basically, let me just real quick context here. So David's been tending the sheep, and his dad says, hey, go take some food, your brother. So he comes up, and he gets there. And when he shows up, Goliath comes out, and he's like, oh, you know, and he he slams the God of Israel, and he slams the people. and, And David's like, whoa, you know, what's going on here? And then in verse 28, it says, when Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard David speaking with the men, look at this, he burned with anger at him, and he asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Did you see what he's doing? The first thing he's saying, he's David, why don't you get back to your few little sheep? You little insignificant peon? We're the important ones here. We're the ones who are the warriors. How conceited you are, David. You know what, David, you're actually all about yourself. Your heart is wicked. I love what John Eldredge said. He said, we are wounded most deeply by those closest to us. Family is one of the places of the worst wounds that have ever taken place. Well, I love it. Look at at David's response in verse 29. David's going, "What? what? What have I done? Said David, can't I even speak? And then he turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter and the man answered him as before. I love this. <laughs> so here's David's brother saying, you're a peon. You just get back to those little sheep. You're conceited and you're wicked. And David's like, all right, cool. And he just goes on. He just it says, and he turned away from him. I'm going to share my story here in a little bit. One of, the, one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my life is when somebody told me something very similar to this. I grabbed it and I went, oh my gosh, that must be true about me. And I read this and I'm like, man, a healthy heart doesn't take those in. A healthy heart and a healthy soul knows that's not who I am. It's water off his back. He turns away. You know why? Because David had God's heart. And therefore, these voices had no effect on him. We go to verse 32, and David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Well, why did he have to say that? Because everybody had lost heart. (laughs) All of his older brothers, the warriors, Saul himself, the greatest, tallest, biggest man, The king, all of them were shaking in their boots, and he's like, man, don't lose heart, guys. I'll go do it. How could David do that? You know why? Because he had a healthy heart. He had a healthy soul. He who knew he was. I love it. He doesn't lose heart from his brother. He doesn't lose heart from this great giant Philistine. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too scary. Nothing is too hard. Nothing for someone who knows who they are. David's heart knew God's heart, and God is with him. In verse 33, Saul replied, okay, well, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he's been a warrior from his youth. And here's the other thing that can happen. People who hold influence can say things and make you think think things that are not true about you. See, here's all Saul was doing. All Saul did was, dude, you're young. And so immediately, he's like, well, you can't do it. And David's just like, you don't know me. And you definitely don't know my God. And you don't know me with my God. And then in verse 34... So David said to Saul, "'Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep, "'and when a lion or a bear came out "'and carried off a sheep from the flock, "'I went after it and I struck it "'and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. "'And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. "'I struck it and I killed it. "'Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. "'This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them "'because he has defied the armies of the living God. "'The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion "'and the paw of the bear "'will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine.'" Oh, man, give me some brave heart action. I want some blue paint on my face right now. But let me show you what, why a healthy person can say that. What did David say? I went after it. I struck it. I rescued the sheep. I seized it. I struck it. And I killed it. And then he said, because the Lord rescued me. One who rescued me will rescue me. Do you guys see this? what' What's David saying there? You know what he's saying? You know why I was able to do that? Because I did do it. Do you know why? Because me and God are like this. I don't do anything by myself. And me with God, He rescued me. He actually did it, even though I was doing it. Come on, man. You guys, that's eternal life. Jesus is like, follow me, walk with me. Keep in step with my spirit. Do nothing on this earth by yourself. And you and I together, he says, I can do more than you could ask or imagine according to my power at work within you. That's a healthy heart and a healthy soul is someone who knows God. And God is with you and you're with him. Verse 38, Saul dressed David in his own tunic, put a a coat of armor on him, a bronze helmet on his head, and David fastened on the sword over the tunic, and he tried walking around because he was not used to them. (laughs) He goes, I can't go on these because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. See, Saul says, okay, so if you're going to do this, well, then be like me. So he said, here, put my junk on put my armor on, put my helmet on. You guys remember what we learned last week about Saul? He was a head taller than everybody else. Can you see David? It reminds me, I just saw this right now. When I was in second grade, my dad actually was a football coach, high school football coach. And when I was in second grade, one of my best birthdays ever, he let me bring home the high school football equipment and play a football game with my buddies when I was seven years old. In the snow, the snow was about this deep and we were about this tall and we had these helmets and shoulder pads like this. You know, and we were just, it was, I wish I had a picture. It was, that's exactly what Saul was saying. Hey, if you're going to go, well, if you're going to do it, then you got to be like me. Here's what I know. Some of you have never found the real you because you're trying to be what people are telling you you're supposed to be. You're trying to be like them. And I love it. What David says, he goes, I got to take this off. I got to take this off. And then it says, and then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones in the stream, put them in a pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistines. You guys see what he did? Then he took his staff, his shepherd's bag, and his sling. He goes, I know who I am. And I don't need to be like you. Because I got God. And I'm with him, and he's with me. And we're going. And all gets good. So he looked David, Goliath looks David over. This is verse 42. Goliath looks David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. And he said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh the birds and the wild animals. So we have those who are close to us, who can get angry with us and hurt our heart. We have those who might have influence over us who are telling us that we don't have the ability to do it. And then, I tell you what, then you guys, we just have the enemy. You have an enemy. And the world, the way of the world, is exactly the opposite of the way of God. And the way of the world is you must perform and other people must approve of you, and if you don't, you are not worth it. And the world is evil and wicked in its way. And then I love it because he says, and then he cursed him. Do you guys know what the word curse means? It literally means to belittle. That's what it means. You know why? Because the opposite is when you honor somebody. When you honor someone, that word means you lift them up. But when you curse, you belittle. So David is being belittled by Goliath. But David knew who he was. And his heart had God's heart. And now watch this because he knew God was with him. Verse 45, so David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. How many of you face your struggles with that? Oh yeah, you might come at me with a need to be successful, and a need to be beautiful, and a need to be smart, and a need to be—but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. Notice what He's saying. I come. He goes, Victor go out. I'm coming. I'm coming. In the name of the Lord. You know what that means? He says, "I'm coming with God. Me and God. We do life together." We do life together. So let's go. And then he says, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied all oh, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Come on. The Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Do you guys see? Do you guys see this? <laughs> David and God do everything together. Yes. David's going to go fight the battle, but he knows that God is the one who's actually going to deliver him. I am in union with God. I follow Jesus Christ. He lives in me. And then he says, this very day I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, but the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. It is not by sword or spear. It is not by human effort. It is not by your effort to show that you are good enough, beautiful enough, pretty enough, smart enough, spiritual enough. It's not. The battle is the Lord's, and there is a God in Israel I love how he says the whole world will know. The whole world will know that there's a God. Hey, you guys, the glory of God on earth is you being fully alive. That's the church. Come on, man, that's the church. The church is people who live with God. And if you discover, let God tell you who you are, If you give him your life. Because I'm telling you right now, every one of you has Goliath, man. We all do. Almost everyone in that story was shrinking back in fear as the people of God. But there was one man who was after God's heart. There was one man who was following God, being in union with him, and nothing could stop him because he lived in union with God. So real quick, my story in closing you know I didn't ask God to make me who he made me to be he just did and I it was weird when I was in elementary school I was always a leader I just was a leader in fact there are times I go out in the playground and I just go okay I'm not going to say anything and everybody come to me and go hey Dave what are we going to (laughs) do so I'm like all right all right this is what we're going to do that's just who he made me to be it's how he knit me together And then, when I was in middle school, I'm a middle school guy. Man, if any of you are in middle school, any of you watching who are in middle school, I'm laying there. My brother comes home from college and he tells me what love is. And basically, he just says, in a nutshell, Dave, love is when you think about others more than yourself. Love is when you lift up other people and you help them to feel great about themselves. You just think about them. And I'm laying there. I still remember laying in bed and go, All right, I'm going to do that. So I just started doing that. That's how I live my life. I just walk in, I'm a leader, so if like, okay, well then I'm gonna walk in, in this and see who's on the fringe, who doesn't feel like they're a part of things. And so then I would just go and i gather them all together and i just, come on, man, and I would just, that was me, I just, I'm a gatherer, I'm a starter. And then later in my life, I had somebody who was so important to me, whose words mattered a ton, like the guys who came to David with Goliath. And he said, you know what, Dave? He goes, it's always all about you. You're always the center of attention. You walk in a room and next thing you know, it's all about you. And I just sat there and I'm like, what? Oh my God, it's the last thing I wanna do. See, I spent my whole life just thinking, oh, I'm gonna think about you guys. I'm just gonna think about everybody else and see if I can help everybody. And you, by the way, can I, you know what happens? When you stop thinking about yourself and you think about everybody else and you make them feel good about themselves, you know what happens? You kinda of end up being the center of what's going on instead of sitting there doing your own thing. Well, the next time I walk into a room, I start being me, and I start loving people, energy starts happening, and all of a sudden, I go, oh, wait, 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 I'm being the center of attention." So you know what I did? I shrunk back. I go, well, that's not, I don't want to be that. And I bought that lie, and it got deep into my soul. And for years, to be honest with you, still to this day, I'm still trying to be healed. I have gotten to the place where, you know, I, I actually used to like myself. <laughs> and then I came to a point where I don't. And then I realized, you know, no, no. And it was this book. It was Emotionally Healthy Spirituality that got me to Because this is contemplative spirituality, guys. Gets, you got to take some time to get down here. And I finally realized, I'm like, well, wait a second. You know, it's not that I don't like me. I don't like this. Faults me. I don't like this person I'm trying to be so that somebody will like me. <laughs> That person ticks me off, and yet I'm chained to him. And man, I want to tell you right now, God is going, yeah, but Dave, that's not who you are. That's not who I made you to be. I made you to be someone who loves people. And that lie got into your soul, and it needs to be taken away. You know what's so interesting, man? I took personality tests when I went to seminary. (laughs) And the guy go. he said, uh, he had like five personality tests, and and I got done, and and he went, and he said, hey, I'd love just to tell you who who you are based on your personality. And he said, man, he goes, you have a lot of insecurities. (laughs) I'm like, yep. And he said, but you know what's weird? He goes, they don't stop you. And I sat there, and I'm like, you just nailed me. I shake in my boots all the time. I shared with you guys last week, the other lie that someone that got in my life when I was little is no one likes me. can, Can I remind you? Remind you, Satan wounds you in your areas of strength. And if God made me to be a gatherer, wouldn't it be just like the enemy to say, but nobody likes you, Dave, and quit being the center of attention? That's not who God made me to be. Who did he make you to be? And until you're you, the world, me shrinking back, is not glory to God. And you, not living who you are, is not glory to God. And it's not blessing to any of us. We, we need you to be who you are. So what's your application? Just two things. Number one, band, you guys can come on up. Number one is this. I started with it. Jesus said, if you won't give me your life, you're never going to find it. I created you, and I'm the only one who knows who you are. And if you keep playing God and keep trying to think that you know how best to run your life, you are going to lose it. But today, you guys, you could give God your life. And if you give him your life today, he says, I will take it. And I will give you my heart. And I will fill you with my spirit. And you will begin to know who you are. And some of you need to do that today. You simply need to say, Jesus, I'm done running my life. And I want to lose it for you. Now, what about the rest of us? Those of us who've actually, like me, who've been a Christian for years and I'm still working, I'm still trying to be healthy in my own heart. That's why I did this book this last year. I go, I'm still battling. And now, darn it, I'm going to win. What do we do? Psalm 105, 4 says this. Look to the Lord and his strength and seek his face always look to the Lord look to his strength and seek his face always when I was meditating on this a couple years ago his face you guys that means you're looking right into his eyes it's intimate to look into someone's face isn't it well God says if you look into my face And if you'll look into my eyes, if you will be intimate with me, if you, this is contemplative spirituality, by the way. Hey, you want to know who somebody was contemplative in their spirituality? It was David. David meditated on his word day and night. David prayed to God constantly. Not just when he was in church, he knew how to be with God every moment of every day. That's how you heal your heart. Just this week in my own time, seeking his face in scripture, reading scripture, and seeking the face of God, he went to the depth of my soul and set me free, man. Yes. Yes, it works. <laughs> and that's what we want to equip you to do. So, and as we sing this song about this intimacy with God, some of you today, today, you need to give Jesus Christ your life. Quit trying to run your life and give it to him. So. So you'll find it. And then the rest of you who already have Christ, seek him. Look him in the face. Be here. Be online. Be in the service every week, not when you feel like it. Get into life together and love people and be loved and create the community that God wants us to create. Open up your scriptures every morning, the word of God that's alive and active that can penetrate into the deepest part of your soul so he can speak to you and tell you again freshly how much he loves you. No, I'd rather read ESPN or CNN or Fox or Sleep in. Come on, man. Here's what I'm saying. Seek him. Be with him. Seek his face. Get to the dove of your soul. And you know what? You'll find your life. The world needs you. We need you to find your life. Will you guys just bow your heads real quick and I just want to pray for you. Father, In Jesus' name, I ask right now that your Holy Spirit will empower everyone in this room. I know, God, today your word is alive and active and it is spoken. I don't know who you're speaking to, but I know, God, somebody in here is sick and tired of the false self and the heaviness and the burden of trying to prove who they are, and they just wanna be free today. They wanna know who they are. They wanna hear you say, I love you, and you're wonderfully and awesomely made. And God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that your Holy Spirit, Dad, speak to your kids right now. And I just want to ask you, I'm going to ask you to be really bold right now. And if today, if you have never surrendered your life to Christ, if every time he said to you, come follow me, and you said no, every time you said no, if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ today, if in your heart you've heard God say, give me your life and you want to give it to him today I'm just going to ask you, would you just raise your hand real quick if you actually want to give Jesus Christ your life today okay, for those of you who did when this service is over or may actually, even during this song I will be right over here and I want to pray for you, if there's any of you who actually want to give God your life, do it. And for the rest of us, let's stand right now. Let's stand and let's worship. Let's look God in the face. Let's let his love speak to us. Let Holy Spirit speak to your heart about who you are, dearly loved child of God. All right, let's do it.